0: Love Talk Radio.
1: again as we have in the past eight and a half years now we're coming to you live from the Eastern Radio Show studio in St. Augustine Ponte Vedra, Jacksonville, Florida we're all grouped together there as cities thanks for listening in to Eastern Airlines talk radio my name is Neil Holland the producer of the show and we have a great show for you tonight as usual We have part three of our series that we've been doing for the last two broadcasts. And to all the listeners around the world who listen to us regularly, we say welcome. And join us as we celebrate the life of Eastern Airlines every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time.
2: Hello, Eastern family and friends. As our producer said, it's great having you with us. My name is Chuck Albright, and I'm coming to you live from beautiful village in central Florida area, where the weather right now is 85 degrees and no rain in sight. Welcome, and thank you for listening and calling the show. You have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say we've become Eastern Airlines International Radio Show with over 50 countries listening in. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and just say hello and talk to us on the air, live every Monday evening. We can identify many countries around the world who listen in with our blog talk radio application. Isn't it great that we can keep Easton's legacy going out, not only to the Eastern family, but to listeners from many different countries around the world? That's what we try to do every week on the Eastern Radio Show. Won't you join us by adding your voice to these broadcasts? Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by computer, using the radio icon on our homepage at www.easternradioshow.com. Or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Remember to abbreviate the word Captain to C-A-P-T. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611, at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visits: 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. Our membership is growing. We're well over a 1,000 now. And don't forget to listen to, our, to any of our 423 Monday night broadcasts and our 75-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com. Forward slash Captain Eddie. That's Captain C A P T E D D I E. And scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast, each episode is briefly described. And over 500 episodes now. And now with from the Eastern Files and the Eastern Old Time Radio Series, holy blue samoko, as Jim Hart would like to say. And by the way, Jim, hurry up and get well and come take over your announcing job. We really miss you. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our host, we ask you to please mute your phone, as our producer doesn't have the capability of filtering out background noise. I see we're number one for takeoff, so Captain, let's get flight two, a 424 in the air. Our 650 volts, if I'm 50, 50 27 left the land.
1: battle is lost. January 18, 1991, Eastern Airlines announced at approximately 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that it would shut down all operations at midnight, January 18. In a latter conference, Trustee Martin Chagru stated that the decision to shut down was made at 4.30 p.m. on January eighteenth. 18 when it became apparent that time and resources had run out. Tonight is our final series of the last heartbeats of an American legacy airline, the final days of Eastern Airlines. And it was pretty much written by Art Birchgott, a dedicated Eastern employee. And the title that uh, he wrote, the series that we have done over these three nights is the continuing saga of eastern continental Texas air from February 24, 1986 to July 23, 1991. Now, tonight we read the notes after uh, the 1991 date, as Art Birchcott wrote, uh, dedicated uh, so much time in putting in a daily accounting, almost a daily accounting of what was happening uh, to Eastern throughout the bankruptcy. The scavengers were circling over the body of Eastern Airlines, and it had been now put through a Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and it's not a quick pick over the remains, and it will take over three years to do that. Not so with the spirit of the Eastern family. That will remain indefinitely, Today, 29 years later, the Eastern family still come together and talk about the happy days of their lives, those days with Eastern. Even though the sadness of recalling during this series of the last heartbeats of an American legacy airline, the final days of Eastern Airlines, we need to keep the legacy of this once-proud company alive with these memories and stories that we have been sharing. And now, to bring the series to an end, we'll bring you the last recordings of Art Virchkoth, dedicated, a very dedicated Eastern employee and author of this series. Don, would you start us off?
3: circle. January 23, 1991, the press reported that Delta Airlines agreed to buy 14 gates from Eastern on Concourse B in Atlanta for about $41 million. The purchase will include certain ticketing facilities and jetways, etc. It was was also reported that Delta would purchase Eastern's Buffalo-Toronto route for $1.5 million. Also, Northwest announced yesterday that it will pay $23.2 million for Eastern's assets at Washington National Airport. An industry source reported that United has agreed to buy Eastern's assets at O'Hara International Airport in Chicago and at Los Angeles International Uh, In California The IAM Finally called off their strike Against Eastern After 692 days IAM members Who are on strike Will be advised to file For unemployment compensation By February 1st 1991 Excuse me January 28th 1991 a meeting will be held in New York City on January 30th with representatives from REPA, ERA, and possibly IAM, ALPA, and TWU to, and lawyers representing Eastern to discuss the possibilities of Eastern reducing health and insurance benefits for retirees. January 29, 1991. It was learned today that the creditors' committee will meet with the the bankruptcy court in New York on January 31st and February 1st with consideration of the status of development for the disposal of Eastern's assets. February 2nd, 1991. An Eastman spokeswoman advised Eastern's attorneys uh, uh would be meeting in new york on monday february 4th to review the bids received for eastern's assets and turns that information over to the bankruptcy court for action competitive bids of greater amounts than the official offers have recently been received new bids received will submit to the judge lift uh, on the bankruptcy court on February 5th. <coughs> Excuse me, February 6th, 1991. Following is the results of Eastern Sale of Assets, the so-called auction in New York on February 4th. The bids were submitted to Judge Lifland on February 5th, and he approved them. They are still subject to approval by the Justice Department. The eastern attorneys stated that they collected a total of $259 million, plus an agreement from Continental to pay off $54 million in eastern debt. Specifically, Delta agreed to spend $41 million for 18 eastern gates at Atlanta. $60 $60 million for 10 L 1011 jets and assorted equipment. $20 million uh, for two U.S. Canadian routes. $21 million, $21.7 million for three gates at Los Angeles and other assets, including slots at O'Hara Airport and LaGuardia. United Airlines agreed to pay $54 million for three gates at other assets at O'Hara, and $28.25 million for 67 slots and five gates at Washington National Airport. Well wow. On the sale of the L-1011 jets, Delta will require that Eastern deliver the planes to Atlanta to avoid paying Florida state tax. United's bid... For the Washington National Airport slots and facilities were much higher than the original bid submitted by Northwest. In other transactions, American agreed to pay $2.8 million for five gates and other assets at Orlando, and $200,000 for gates at Nashville and Hartford. U.S. Air agreed to pay $2.2 million for routes between Baltimore, Washington, and Ottawa, Montreal. In return, for paying off $54 million in eastern debt, Continental required 63 slots at LaGuardia. Chuck? February 16,
2: 1991, Judge Lippling chose Northwest Airlines' new bid for the Washington National Gate and slots after Northwest matched United's offer. The slots at LaGuardia Airport were transferred to Continental, and a transaction valued up to $85 million. This sale was originally thought to have a value of $54 million. Delta was awarded five slots at Washington National for $5.4 million and spent another $60 million for L-1011 and spare engines. In addition, Delta got seven landing slots at LaGuardia for $3.5 million and miscellaneous facilities at Providence for $2 million. American bought five gates at Orlando and office space for $2.8 million. United got one gate at Fort Myers for $250,000. February 18th through March 7th, 1991. During the past three weeks, numerous rumors and emerged concerning the possibility of Northwest taking over the remainder of Eastern's gates in Atlanta, along with the EAL hangar and maintenance space. The CEO of Northwest has met with the mayor of Atlanta to try to negotiate a possible help in financing the takeover, but so far no concrete results. Eastern, um, United Airlines also met with Dade County Aviation Authority to inspect and check out the Eastern Maintenance Facility in Miami International Airport. No decision was up, up to, to this date. Meanwhile, Eastern had sales at the Miami base of certain cabin service items, aircraft models, animal uh, clean, and some furniture. March 10th, 1991, the Miami Herald reported that the former EAL President Phil Bakes and some associates were interested in trying to buy or obtain permission of the EAL maintenance base or part of it in Miami. United Airlines also indicated that the EAL maintenance base in Miami may be one of their top choices for a major base. Incidentally, the negotiation between the U.S. and the Britons to obtain landing rights at Heathrow for United and American on their respective purchases uh, routes from Pan Am and TWA, TWA were resolved, and both Pan Am and TWA were able to receive payments and avoid having foreclosure by their creditors.
4: Yeah, Chuck, and on March 5, 1991, it was reported that on March fourteenth, Easton requested permission from bankruptcy court to sell its inventory of jet fuel, estimated to be valued at $5 million. Permission was also asked to sell a number of other various items, none valued over 500000 Included with such items as jetways, electronic equipment, aircraft containers, etc. In an unrelated but surprising statement, the U.S. Department of Transportation ruled that TWA could only sell to American Airways the routes between Heathrow Airport and Boston, Los Angeles, and New York. They rejected the sale of TWA's route from St. Louis to Gatwick and TWA's Carl Icahn called this ruling a disaster for TWA. The Department of Transportation also rejected the sale of TWA routes from Philadelphia and Baltimore to London, giving Delta and U.S. Air an opportunity to bid for these routes instead of American. On April 10, 1991, Judge Liftland approved, an liquidation, approved the liquidation of commu, the commuter airline Eastern Express, an affiliate of Eastern. In another announcement, Rick Elder, Dade County Aviation Director, said that Eastern was unwilling to give up his seven-year lease on the 145-acre base in Miami. He said Eastern was blocking his effort to induce United Airlines' to establish a $500 million maintenance base, which would employ 7,000 persons. On April 19, 1991, the trustee submitted the second interim report to the bankruptcy courts, which stated that uh, $611 million in assets had been completed. The trustees estimated that this was 60% 60 of the estate, he also indicated that the retirees' benefits were cutting into the $389 million he had on hand. If no relief can be obtained under a Section 1114, it will be necessary to drastically reduce the benefits. April 20, 1991, a program is well underway by the retirees under the leadership of EARA, uh, REPA, the IAM, and the TWU to call all senators, representatives, and local national politicians to call for action against the desired, uh, the desire to bankrupt the companies to eliminate the health and life insurance for retirees. Eastern Airlines is contemplating to eliminate health and life insurance for retirees by May 15, 1991, and other companies such as Pan-American, Midway, Continental, and perhaps TWA, could soon be in the same predicament. Eastern Airlines states that the retirees' benefits are costing $3.5 million per month. The Retirees Committee on the Creditors Committee consisted of Attorney Bill Bell, Paul Mercer, representing EARA, Rick Revenbark, representing REPA, and TWU, and IAM Lawyers. Alpa is not in this committee as they are in a pending suit against Eastern. Alternatives on the com- alternates on the committee were Wayne Yeoman, Warren Baum, Steve Hartsey, and Kay Dallin. It is desired to keep EAL in Chapter 11 as it would be no legal reason for the company to pay retiree benefits once they go Chapter 7. Don.
3: Well, Mike, on April 24, 1991, Electronidatic Systems, EDS, the General Motors Unit, and a subsidiary of Owens, the airline's reservation system, and Continental Airlines signed a 10-year agreement under which electronic data would take over a large part of the system one. EDS, though. System 1 this provides computer reservation services to about 19% of the nation's travel agents excuse me <clears throat> April 25, 1991 Eastern a principal tenant at Miami International Airport for 57 years has agreed to move out and, buy, and buy, by the end of the year The airline's agreement to evacuate from a lease that had seven years to go was submitted April 24, 1991, to the U.S. Bankruptcy Court, Judge Burton Lifland in New York. Lifland, who has the authority to reject or approve the agreement, he said he would issue a formal ruling on May 28th, if approved, It would enable the Dade County Aviation Authority to move ahead with plans to pursue United Airlines to locate $500 million in maintenance base on Eastern's 145-acre site. Eastern would retain one facility, that is the Flight Training Center, where thousands of Eastern pilots were trained on the uh, 10 simulators. It was a beautiful facility. Eastern desires to try to market the facility as an operating business instead of trying to sell the uh, simulators uh, piecemeal. April 29, 1991. ERA sponsored the press conference at the Radisson Hotel in Miami for the Retirees Creditor Committee. The committee, made up of representatives from EARA, REPA, IAM and TWU had Attorney William Bell, who was VP of Legal Eastern prior to the retirement. Uh, he was the chief uh, spokesman. And Bell outlined the problems facing 14,000 EAL and retirees. If Eastern cut off the reduced drastically health insurance plans on May 15, 1991, support was asked, from the local TV stations and newspapers that covered the press conference. Emphasis was placed on the retirees from age 50 through 64, who would have no coverage within responsible cost, and particularly those had previous health problems related. Retirees were asked to write their senators, congressmen, to keep the health insurance active, Eastern went from Chapter 7 to Chapter 11.
5: Well done. On May 3, 1991, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court of the Southern District of New York sent a notice to all Eastern retirees advising that on May 2, 1991, Trustee Martin R. Shigrew Jr. filed with the court a motion. Requesting an authorization for the termination of Eastern's retiree benefits, specifically the termination of retiree medical and life insurance benefits currently provided to Eastern's retirees, and which would in effect require retirees to seek, at their own expense, an alternative to the Eastern sponsored plan. A hearing on this motion will be heard at the court on May 20th, 1991, at 2 p.m. The Eastern Retiree Creditors Committee will be at that hearing and will present objections to the proposal. May 6th, 1991. It has been learned that four weeks before Eastern shutdown in January, Trustee Martin Chagru asked for and received a raise of $50,000 a month. The raise from $34,417 a month was retroactive to April 19, 1990, the day Chagru was appointed trustee. Chagru noted that he had no medical or other benefits. Wow. That's such a shame. With that kind of money, you shouldn't even complain. At the end of his tenure, a bankruptcy trustee may request as much as 3% of the proceeds from the sale of an estate's assets. Theoretically, this means that he could request $30 million for his work at Eastern based on $1 billion worth of completed and projected Asset sales. May 23, 1991, Eastern Airlines agreed on May 22 to extend partial health benefits to its retirees through the end of 1991, while negotiations continue over the long-term benefits. Early on, negotiators agreed to eliminate benefits for about 4,000 retirees who are over 65 and already eligible for Medicare. Starting July 1st, retirees under 65 will pay at least $75 per month, plus another $75 per month for spouses as health insurance premiums. The company will pay at least $145 per month per employee and spouse. And will pay an unanticipated overruns up to $170 per month. This agreement runs until December 31, 1991, and Judge Lifland strongly urged that the negotiators redouble their efforts to reach a more permanent agreement. The agreement would extend to about 10,800 retirees, of which 6,500 are pilots. And non contract employees, and 4,300 are retired machinists and flight attendants. Eastern Attorney, Baruch Zarensky stated that if Eastern was forced to pay any more benefits, it would be forced to change its bankruptcy filing to Chapter 7. Retiree health benefits are not guaranteed on the Chapter 7 filing.
1: Well, Dorothy, uh Dorothy on May 30th, 1991, EARA's annual convention was held on that date in Miami. It was called Kit 11 XI 11. Among the speakers were Diane Berkeley, a deputy director for the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, Martin Shagrue, EAL trustee, and William Bell, attorney for the non-contract employees and pilots on the Retirees' Creditors Committee. Ms. Berkeley confirmed that all employees who retired at 65 three years prior to October 1990 would continue to receive their full pensions. Those who retired early or after October 1987 could be limited to about 2000 per month until the PBGC obtains more funds from Continental in a suit that they have against that company.
4: Didn't happen.
1: Trustee Marty Chagru stated that while he was in full sympathy with the retirees as far as retaining their health and insurance benefits, the main creditors also had a legitimate claim and were in opposition to the $3.6 million a month that had to be paid out per month for retirees' benefits. He was concerned that they would force Eastern into a Chapter 7, which would automatically cut off all benefits. He confirmed that all life insurance for employees would terminate on June 30th, 1991, as well as all health benefits for those retirees over 65. He was hopeful, however, that by December 31, 1991, an agreement could be reached for further benefits for those still under 65. The agreement for those under 65 until December 31, 1991, was outlined under the May 23 report.
4: On June fourteenth, 1991, attorney for Atlanta's Aviation Department and Eastern were rushing the June 13th uh, to compile the paperwork for the New York bankruptcy judge to approve the transfer of 33 Eastern gates on Court Course C at Hartsfield International Airport to the city. Under this plan, the 33 gates on which Eastern Airlines stopped paying rent will revert to the city, which hopes to use them for, to persuade other airlines to start a hub in Atlanta. It was also reported that an investment group backed the, by, by grounding of Eastern—correction, an investment group backed by the grounding Eastern pilots—had started, started formal proceedings to buy enough of Eastern's remains to launch a new regional airline based in Atlanta. Atlanta officials working on the agreement to take over Eastern's 33 gates discounted the idea. On June 19, 1991, the Miami Herald reported that the health benefits agreement for the retirees reached a four, that was reached four weeks ago uh, was under fire. Eastern attorneys claimed that the cost of Eastern the cost to Eastern would be much higher than estimated and should be renegotiated. Eastern now is considering plan to maintain a $75 a month fee to be paid by retirees and dependents, but not to reduce the plan benefits. Negotiations are to continue. June 16th, correction, June 26th, 1991 in a letter dated June 24th, 1991 to all retirees Trustee Martin Chagru outlined the health and insurance benefits that Eastern considered affordable until December 31st, 1991, the new plan retained $75 a month to be paid by the retirees as well as the $75 per month for per, per dependent under age 65, but changed the amounts of deductible and give no credit for deductibles already paid in the first six months of the, in 1991. Applications for the revised health insurance benefits were included in, in this letter so the retirees under 65 could immediately apply for the revised plan. July 9, 1991, Eastern Airlines acquisition, or correction, Airline Acquisition Corporation, a newly formed carrier, said that it would fill much of the void left by the collapse of Eastern last January. The new airline would have no formal ties to Eastern beyond plans to purchase its name it was to be called the quote the uh new eastern and quote and a few other at- assets aac president milton Shiplak, an eastern pilot for 24 years said the operations would begin in november with 42 flights and uh, 42 flights a day out of atlanta to 12 cities including miami some 170 former Eastern pilots have invested about $850,000, according to AAC chairman John R. Mitchell, who said that the airline would begin operations with about $500 million. Half the investors and half to be financed. Essentially, the new Eastern would be a small regional carrier out of Atlanta, making use of some of the empty gates formerly used by Eastern. Shearson Lehman Brothers had been hired as The Venture's financial advisor. Russell Fire, a former executive for American, Braniff, and Pan American, will be the consultant in the new airline. July
2: 12, 1991, it was learned that George Bachelor, a well-known Miami aircraft broker, bought three EAL L-1011s and had leased them to Rich International, a Miami-based charter airline, Rich has hired some former EAL pilots to fly the aircraft. It was also learned that Eastern had been, been delivering the L 1011s bought by Delta at the rate of one a week. Delivery was being made at night and the aircrafts were stripped of their EAL insignia overnight and at Delta's Atlanta base. July 19, 1991, former Eastern Airlines President Phil Bakes said on July 18th that he has put together a group of financially powerful business interests that has prepared the bids for the jet engine overhaul base formerly used by Eastern. Among the backers were the Federal Air Express and Weiss, Peck, and Green, a private invest, uh, investment firm. And the intent, Bates says, was to open an engine overhaul facility that will employ about 450 within a year and we concentrate on the Latin-based airlines that have routes to Miami. August 1, 1991. The Miami Herald reported that since Eastern filed for bankruptcy protection in March 1986, EAL has run up about 86 million in fee- fees to 55 law firms, financial service firms, and other professionals. So far, about 67 million have been paid. August 12, 1991, unrelated to the Eastern bankruptcy, but of interest to the former employees and retirees of Eastern, was the result of the final bidding for the bankrupt Pan American Airways. After several weeks of bidding and negotiation by Delta, American, United, TWA, and a lesser extent by Northwest, the bankruptcy judge Baxhear approved the Delta bid to buy most of Pan Am's assets including its Northwest shuttle, lucrative routes to Europe, and invest in a smaller reorganized Pan Am composed mostly of routes to Latin America, but including routes from Miami to New York and Los Angeles. Delta's bid was valued at $1.4 billion, including an investment of 45% of Pan American and $669 million and Pan Am's debts and liabilities. Delta's payments for the Northwest Shuttle, Transatlantic, and the Frankfurt Hub, planes and equipment amounted to be 416 million. Pan Am will retain um, 6,900 employees, mostly in Miami, uh, 54 airplanes, and a 55% ownership in the new Pan Am. Delta will hire 6,600 Pan Am employees for their newly acquired routes. Other details too numerous to mention in this report were covered in in the approval. Short of making one think what if, if something like this had happened to Eastern, August 16, 1991. A second contender for the jet engine overall shop, the Miami Eastern in Miami emerged August 15th when Greenwich, Greenwich Air Service said it wanted to lease the facility. Greenwich was the largest non-union employer in Miami International now that it had 700 employees on the west side of the airport. The only other contender for the facility up to this time was a group headed by Phil Banks, former eastern president. The Dade County Aviation Department still hopes that the airline will lease the facilities.
4: Yes, Chuck. On august nineteenth, nineteen ninety one, the New Eastern Airlines announced today that it had hired Bruce R. Nobles to be president and chief operating officer for the proposed Atlanta based airline. Nobles previously headed the Pan Am Shuttle and the Trump Shuttle. The airline owned by entrepreneur John Mitchell and investor Milton Sheplak, a former Eastern Airlines pilot, plans to start up early in nineteen ninety two. August 20th, 1991, in a move of interest to former EAL employees and retirees, Continental Airlines is eliminating 600 jobs and cutting 133 daily flights. Continental is closing operations at Houston's Hobby Airport and moving eight daily flights from Hobby to Houston International. Hollis Harris, chairman of the, and CEO of Continental, announced his resignation because of the disagreement between the board on certain policies. September 21, 1991, a Houston federal grand jury is considering criminal charges against Continental Airlines for allegedly underpaying Eastern Airlines. During the Eastern bankruptcy, an attorney appointed by the court issued a report saying that Continental Airlines had underpaid Eastern by as much as $403 million dollars. Continental denied these allegations, but agreed to pay Eastern $280 million to settle the suit. The payment was never made. Continental filed for, for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection in December 1991 and took no further action on the claim. October 1, 1991, seeking to protect the benefits of former Eastern Airlines employees, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, PBCGC, has filed a $752 billion suit in claims against Continental Airlines. In 1990, the agency negotiated an agreement under which Continental would pay off that portion of Eastern's liability that could not be collected in the Eastern bankruptcy case. But agreement uh, became void when the Continental filed for bankruptcy in 1990.
1: October 11, 1991, a group of 260 former Eastern Airline pilots has filed suit against Alpha, claiming claiming that a union-issued scab list has kept them from finding jobs elsewhere. The suit asked for damages of more than $1 billion. October 24, 1991, Republican Representative of Florida, Bill McCollum, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, introduced a bill that would help protect health benefits for Eastern Airlines retirees. Essentially, the bill would move retiree health claims closer to the front line in a Chapter 11 bankruptcy case that results in liquidation. It is anticipated that Florida Senator Connie Mack will introduce a similar bill in the Senate. On November 11, 1991, one of the contenders for Eastern's jet engine facility at Miami International Airport dropped out of the running, leaving only Miami-based Greenwich Air Service to vie for the much-coveted base. Pulling out was Miami Engine Service Center, a company controlled by Federal Express, which owned eighty percent and former Eastern President Bill Bakes and several venture capital partners own the rest. Don.
3: November twentieth, nineteen ninety one, Eastern Airlines will pay fifty two million dollars to clean up environmental problems at Miami International Airport under an agreement approved by the Metro Commission November nineteenth. An audit on the 145-acre Eastern property completed in September estimated the cleanup would cost between 48 and $99 million. Under the agreement, Eastern will turn over $5 million in cash. Most of the settlements involved in Eastern surrendering ownership of the parking lots rights that Eastern owned uh, to use buildings, and arrival gates at the airport. U.S. bankruptcy court judge will have to make a final approval on this agreement. November twentieth, nineteen ninety one. The jet engine overhaul building used by Eastern will be occupied in early nineteen ninety two by Greenwich Air Services under a plan approved by the Metro Commission on November nineteenth. This facility building number twenty one Uh, has about 450,000 square feet of space. I know I was there. It's a big one. Rent to Greenwich will be initially about $2.4 million per year. Greenwich Air Services presently occupies another much smaller building in the northwest corner of the Miami International Airport. December 4, 1991... In a move to unrelated to Eastern Airlines, but somewhat similar, Pan American World Airways folded its wings early Wednesday, December 4, 1991. The shutdown came one day after Delta Airlines refused to advance Pan Am 25, 25 million more after giving Pan Am a $115 million on an agreed-upon $140 million. Delta backed out, saying that the lack of advanced bookings and higher losses than anticipated over the past few weeks made the financial agreements unworkable. Delta had held the key to Pan Am's future. Delta was to pay $416 million for the European routes and the shuttle between New York, Boston, and Washington. It also agreed to assume $669 million in Pan Am's liabilities and investments, invest $305 million in a smaller um, revitalized airline. In return, Delta would receive 45% of the stock in the new Pan Am, on the on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, Pan Am's chief financial officer called Delta and advised that their business plan was one million dollars too optimistic and that its passenger traffic had fallen sharply. The sixty four year old carrier, the third well known airline to cease operations in nineteen ninety one, following Eastern. And Midway.
5: Don, in December 11, 1991, at one of the executive committee meetings of Eastern Airline Retirees Association, John Sicilian and Roland Moore, current EAL employees representing EAL at the bankruptcy court hearings, informed the members present that Eastern hoped to provide up to $100 million to go into a trust. That money is to continue health benefits for retirees and employees who are working when Eastern ceased operations. They will present this plan to Judge Schliflin at the bankruptcy court hearing on December 16, 1991, provided, of course, they have agreement from the employees and retirees creditor committee members. The $100 million figure, John Sicilian said, might be less depending on the actual value of remaining assets to be sold. Roland Moore mentioned that the market price on used 727s had dropped drastically from about $8 to about $1 million, due to over several hundred now for sale. Midway Airlines' recent demise also dropped the value of used DC-9s and 737s. December 16, 1991, at the bankruptcy court hearing today, Judge Fliplin signed an order activating a $20 million trust to extend retiree health benefits until December 31, 1992 thus preserving such benefits for about or 7,700 Eastern retirees. The previous court order covered only through December 31, 1991. John Sicilian, Eastern's general counsel, said that the retirees' premium, now $75 per month per person, and the existing deductibles, may change after January 1st, depending, of course, on conditions. December 17, 1991, this evening, the EAL Alpha LEC of Council 18 in Miami held its final meeting and then disbanded. At the meeting, it was mentioned that the B Fund Retirement for EAL Pilots was being terminated as quickly as possible, and that those still in the plan would receive their shares based on forty percent cash and fifty percent real estate. Uh, these figures were compiled by REPA historian Art Birchcott To be continued.
3: Well, Art did continue his reporting as follows: January, <clears throat> excuse me, January fifteenth. 15th- 1993 the Massport Airport Authority announced that Eastern Airlines hangar built in 1960 at Logan Airport in Boston would be demolished to provide ground access for a new terminal under the river from the city to the airport January 26 1993 the Dade County Aviation Authority stated that two years after Eastern's demise which was January 18, 1991, more than 70% of the 2.8 million square feet of space not considered for demolition has been occupied or leased. A number of aircraft-related companies are negotiating with the DAAD uh, for the remainder. Dynair, Tech of Florida, a 40-year airport operator is switching from its existing facilities to a 300,000-square-foot three, hangar and shops where Eastern formerly did maintenance on its wide-body jets. Greenwich Air Services has taken over Eastern's engine overhaul shops. Flight Safety International leased most of the flying training facilities. The federal, The Federal Emergency Management Agency is temporarily renting office space to house its Hurricane Andrew relief staff. The Miami-Dade Community College is making use of part of the Hartley Building for for the Aviation Department's classes after MDCC facilities at Tamiami Airport were wrecked by the hurricane. I believe that was Hurricane Andrew. February 3rd, 1993, according to the sev- several airline industry executives, Frank Lorenzo has rounded up several DC-9 aircraft that formerly belonged to Delta and is planning to support a new airline <coughs> that would serve select markets from a hub at Baltimore-Dulles International Airport. April 30th, 1993, Frank Lorenzo the controversial former head of the Texas Air Corporation, will not be operating another airline anytime soon. The Department of Transportation sent an application to operate a new company called Friendship Airlines to an administrative law judge for a legendary lengthy review of his character in the airline industry. (laughs) Lorenzo's application has encountered strong opposition from airline unions. (laughs) I wonder why. Yeah. May 1st, 1993, this date would have been the 65th anniversary for Eastern Airlines as an operating airline. May 12th, 1993, lawyers who represented Frank Lorenzo in his bid for government position to start up a new airline have abruptly withdrawn from the case without explanation. <laughs> May 12, 1993. Continental Airlines have just emerged from Charter 11 bankruptcy and has placed an order with Boeing for over a billion dollars, including operations for jet aircraft. May 26, 1993. About 650 former pilots of Eastern filed a suit against the Airline Pilots Association claiming that ALPA abandoned them amid strike and airline's subsequent bankruptcy. The group, Eastern Pilots for Fairness, is demanding $500 million from ALPA claiming the association had collected thousands of dollars in dues,
4: but reneged
3: on a pledge to provide members with an economic safety net uh, after the pledge to provide members with an economic safety net uh, bankruptcy, I'm sorry. Under the agreement with ALPA, Eastern pilots should have accompanied any Eastern airplane that was sold to other air carriers according to the attorney John Reznor who represented the pilots. I thought that was where that was supposed to be. Chuck? May 26,
2: 1993. Frank Lorenzo, in a speech to the aerospace executive, contended that the Transportation Department had bowed to political pressure by asking a judge to investigate his application to start Friendship Airlines. He charged that the DOT succumbed to pressure from union backed members of Congress. June 15, 1993, John Sakillion, Vice President Legal for Eastern, announced that the EAL had settled another $25 million worth of back pay claims from former flight attendants and non-union employees. About 21,400 employees will receive several thousand dollars each. This is a $25 million settlement supplement, and a $90 million settlement for 24,000 pilots, flight attendants, and non-union employees. They were paid out last December and May by silicon, said that the slow liquidation process was result in higher prices for Eastern's assets and bigger payoffs for former employees. Former employees will be getting back 90 cents on every dollar due them. June 16, 1993, John Akers, the former chairman of the IBM, has signed on as director and investor in Frank Lorenzo's fledgling venture to operate a low-cost airline along the East Coast. The venture was known as Friendship Airline, but the company said it had been forced to abandon that name. Meanwhile, it was going by its corporate name of ATX Incorporated, An administrative judge is presently reviewing the application at the request of the Department of Transportation. June 25, 1993, the federal administration judge, Robert L. Burton, threatened to throw out Frank Lorenzo's bid to run a new discount fare airline because his unruly lawyers (laughs) disobeyed the judge's orders. But now he let the case proceed to determine whether the proposal carried. ATX, Incorporated, will get a federal license to operate.
4: In June of, uh, correction, June 29, 1993, Frank Lorenzo testified that his airline empire collapsed because of uh, uncooperating unions and non-management, mismanagement, (laughs) as he sought to convince the administrative judge at the hearing uh, with his new proposal uh, for the ATX, incorporated would be licensed to operate seeking the license from the transportation department Lorenzo described himself as a successful manager for 30 years who was undermined by unrealistic unions indications are that it may take weeks to complete the hearings and maybe months before Judge Robert L. Barton can reach a decision whether or not to grant him this license September 9, 1993 administrative law Judge Richard L. Barton, Jr., of the Transportation Department, recommended that the government deny a bid by Frank Lorenzo to operate the new discount fare air carrier. The judge's recommendation now goes to the Transportation Department to decide whether to reject Lorenzo's application. ATX Airlines proposed to fly between Baltimore, Washington area, Boston, and Atlanta. October 7, 1993 the Department of Transportation decided to reopen Lorenzo's ATX case, stating that too many issues had been inadequately developed when Judge Barton made his decision over that. Barton had rejected Lorenzo's application on September 8, 1993, and a new decision was to be made by December 28, 1993. And October 14, 1993, four and a half years after the ongoing strike, about 13,000 former Eastern Airlines mechanics are getting paid for their last week of work. The payments result from a $14.8 million settlement announced uh, announced October 13 by Eastern Trustee Martin Chagru. The average settlement for salary and vacation claims is about $1,138.00. A bankruptcy court hearing scheduled for November 22nd is expected to clear the way for a payout on December 17th of the same year.
1: Now, November 22nd, 1993, Judge Burton Liflin approved a settlement offer that would pay former Eastern mechanics about 90 cents for every dollar they are owed from the airline collapse in January of 91. About 13,200 IAM workers are eligible for the settlement of a potential uh, $14.8 million. The amount was reduced to $13.4 million as 1,100 rejected the settlement and will try for a more generous amount. December 3, 1993. Frank Lorenzo should be denied a license to operate a new discount airline, said Transportation Department lawyer Sam Podareski, who was appointed by Administrative Judge Barton to represent public interest. Judge Barton now has until December 28 to make a decision on Lorenzo's bid to launch a new carrier. On December 20th, 1993, Administrative Judge Barton has recommended to the Department of Transportation that Frank Lorenzo be denied approval to start up a new airline, ATX. It is now up to the DOT, Department of Transportation, to make a final decision. January 24th, 1994. Still grounded, Frank Lorenzo has advised the DOT that his share of the proposed ATX airline will be less than 50%. He was formerly controlling 74%. New investors include a high-ranking New York Democrat official and an investment group based in New York. On March 30th, 1994, the Department of Transportation offered Frank Lorenzo's airline, ATX, a second certification hearing responding to claim of bias. The DOT said it would be willing to start the review process from scratch with a new administrative law judge and different department lawyers. On April 6, 1994, the Department of Transportation, on April 5, rejected the application of Frank Lorenzo to start a new short-haul carrier, ATX, on the East Coast. An ATX spokesperson blamed the union, unions for the rejection and said an appeal would be filed. Don? Yeah, Neil, on May 11,
3: 1994... EARA Annual Convention Kit 17 uh, EAL Trustee Martin Shiguru spoke of the possibility of starting a new Eastern Airlines. Mr. Shiguru mentioned that the main creditors, primarily bondholders, now owned 54 of the former EAL fleet consisting of a mixture of Boeing 727s and DC-9s, all stored in the Mojave Desert. Since the used used aircraft market is not very good at this time, the creditors asked Chigrew if it was possible to modernize uh, their assets rather than try to sell the aircraft. Chigrew had the same idea and a consulting firm was hired, paid jointly by the creditors and Eastern, to research the proposal. The research indicated Eastern was still popular in four core cities, mainly Miami, Atlanta, Indianapolis, and Philadelphia. Chagru stated that it would take about $100 million to make a startup with about 14 DC-9s configured in first class and coach. He also indicated that initially one big-pocket investor would be contacted – Planning is for Shigru to have press, uh, press conferences in the cities mentioned in an effort to raise the needed capital. He thought it would take about 45 days to determine whether the plan was feasible. July 15, 1994. Potential investors are studying the possibility of revival of Eastern Airlines, but... Have committed no money yet. John Sicilian, general counsel for Eastern, said, "We plan to continue these talks with investors through September. By then, we'll either liquidate or we'll have flying alternative." October 14, 1994. Eastern received approval from the bankruptcy court to sell the three remaining aircraft in the fleet the 3 Boeing 757-200s were sold to Air Lease Leasing Corporation for $20 million each the $60 million will go into a pool of funds to be divided among the airlines uninsured unsecured creditors october 26 1994 A federal bankruptcy judge approved Eastern Airlines' disclosure statement and set a December 15th hearing to confirm the company's Chapter 11 reorganization plan. Eastern's disclosure statement laid out its financial condition preparing to exit bankruptcy, showing that a majority of its general unsecured creditors would receive a distribution of $0.11 per dollar. Wow. Trustee Martin Chigroux had said that he hoped the defunct airline could be emerged from bankruptcy as a no-frills carrier. He said after the hearings, the project was still alive and there had been interest by several investors.
4: Well, as we say, uh, he's, uh, the uh, blank, blank, blank is finally gone. December eighteenth, nineteen ninety four, Frank Lorenzo lost an appeal uh, of the government uh, government's refusal. Get the right glasses on here to let him start an airline. The transportation department provided a reasonable and substantial uh, for reasonable and substantial grounds to support his denial last April on the grounds that Lorenzo's company was unfit to operate an airline. The denial ruling came from the U.S. Court of Appeals. For the District of Columbia, January 9, 1995, Martin Jigreau, trustee for Eastern, filed an application on January 9 with the bankruptcy court for $2.2 million compensation for liquidating the assets of Eastern Airlines. This was in addition to the $2.3 million already received since appointed trustee on April 1990. The bankruptcy court limits of a limits a trustee's compensation to slightly more than three percent of the money disbursed. In Eastern's case, Chigreau was has paid out over 3.6 billion. The IAM plans to object to this payment. Final decision is up to the judge of the bankruptcy court. January 25, 1995, the U.S. bankruptcy court judge Barton or Burton. Liflin awarded Eastern Airlines trustee Martin Chagroup $2 million compensation in addition to the $2.3 million he already received for nearly five years on the job. Nice piece of change. Uh, the award was opposed by the PBGC and the IAM. The bankruptcy code limits trustees' comp- compensation to slightly more than 3% of all the monies dispersed based on the 3.6 billion paid out by Chagru, he could have only he could have asked for 108 million.
5: Uh, on May 1, 1995, Chagru's vice trustee and attorney John Cecilian has been officially appointed to finalize the liquidation under Chapter 11. Cecilian becomes liquidating agent. Chagru advises he will be able to assist the liquidating team under Sicilian. About 95 employees remain in Eastern's headquarters. April 6, 1995, John Sicilian, chairman, president of Eastern Airlines, which emerged from bankruptcy in February, said that it had paid $46.6 million to creditors with general unsecured claims of more than $100,000. The payment of 4.25 cents per dollar is the first that the defunct airline agreed to in late December to provide the creditors over several years as it sells off its assets. Eastern said that the Pension Benefit Warranty Corporation received $24 million of the distribution. April 11, 1995, John Sicilian feels that he will be with the Eastern estate as a liquidating agent for about two more years. Shigru is out of the picture for all practical reasons. As of April 11, there were about 65 people still working for Eastern. There will be 35 or less by June In April 1995, the company paid its largest creditors four and a half cents on the dollar, bringing the total paid to the large creditors to six and three-quarters cents per dollar. The PBGC received more than $14 million of this latest distribution. The company already has resolved all claims made by its employees consumers, and other holders of claims less than $100,000. Well, folks, that's the end of our program.
1: Well, I want to add the following comment about Art Birchcott's writing and recording, researching all this information that we presented over three Mondays, series one, two, and three. And uh, it is a history of of uh, I I don't know. It's just I can't believe promises made and promises un. Well, I shouldn't say that. Promises very un- sad. Unkept. Un- but you know, it seemed like in the business world, especially in the aviation business world, you can you can make any statement that you want to make about how much you're going to pay, but that's not what you're going to finally pay. Uh, You throw out numbers that we've heard for the last three nights, numbers. It's just absolutely staggering the millions of dollars that we've listened to that have changed or have not changed hands. And uh, although uh, uh, all the employees of Eastern Airlines, a dedicated airline that served the public well for its entire history, uh, it was such a shame and tragedy, a tragedy. That uh, this happened to this fine airline, and uh, you want to make some quick comments? Any of the hosts? Uh, this is the end of the series, and and uh, we'll just add a couple of comments if you'd like to make it, and and then move right on to finish the show.
0: Well, Neil,
4: all I all I can say is that it was a great airline, a great time, and it was just uh, it was not even like going to work. It was a great thing, and it's it's so so terrible that this whole thing came down, and uh, this airline should still be in existence today on the top of the heap, and it just due yeah. to circumstances, exactly. it's uh, it's not here anymore, and it's so it's such a shame. That's just all I can say.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can a, get
4: into it real far, but that kind of capulates it. It's just a real shame. Yeah.
2: This is not Chuck, the... and as all of you know, I'm. I'm an Eastern brat, so this airline uh, was with me from birth. Uh, My dad came there in 1937. And um, my whole family was involved with this demise. Um, Dad just couldn't understand it. Uh, Of course, he worked with Captain Eddie and uh, some of the other Managers and stuff through World War II, and and got the airline um, going, so to speak. And uh, I tried to explain things to him as simple as I could uh, about finance and greed and everything else. And he just kept shaking his head. He just couldn't understand that such a beautiful airline had such a terrible demise with all the dedicated employees, and uh, of course, we all know that uh, there there was a chance. There was two other bidders for the airline, but unfortunately, they were not considered at the time that they uh, turned the airline over to Lorenzo. But uh, it's, um, my family really um, was really shaken up um, because that was my whole life. I wanted to work for Eastern Airlines. I got to work for Eastern Airlines. I was, I, um, was a mechanic for a long time, and I went on into um, management. That engine shop you were uh, talking about was where I worked. Um, I had about 100 employees working for me there in that engine shop that's still going today. I went by there to see somebody one time. So, like everybody else in this program, it's uh, it's a cry in shame, and it's it's uh, a, a, such a disaster happening to all those wonderful people that oh, had been with Eastern Airlines. And that's huh. my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks, We have Chuck.
1: the memory Don, yeah, do Don, you have just a few seconds before we finish the show?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, I, I... I started out uh, in uh, 1960 uh, in Fort Lauderdale, a very small little airport, and uh, when, I, when I left Eastern, the last three years, uh, I worked in system control and operations, and everything that I had been through for that 30 years, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a fun ride, it was a tra- challenging ride, but everybody was always receptive to the new guy that came in. It was just a, it was a family thing. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it hurts to read uh, this third segment.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I want to thank, I want to thank all, all all that participated. Um, Jim Holder couldn't be with us tonight and, and uh, uh we certainly appreciate the efforts in uh, in reading this uh wonderful report by Art Birchcott. and uh that will be in the uh wings of many volume 2 i've decided to put the entire recording in that uh, book and date by date and if you want to look up what was happening on a particular date it was it was there Recorded by Art Uh, Dorothy, what do you have for us coming up?
5: Well, I I have quite a few uh, things to say, actually Um, Our members, we have a new member We'll start with that Uh, CPA Long, one of our females from the Eastern family Joined July 21st And she is from Philadelphia and worked at Eastern from Newark uh, 1969 to 1991
4: now, uh,
5: I'm a member, Renee McKinnon, he's one of our recent sponsors who live in London, Ontario, Canada, and he's one of our uh, avid listeners every week on the program. He misses very few. He sent in another donation of $100 for our program and our two websites to enable our continuing to bring Eastern programs. Uh, as I said, he's very dedicated, and we love hearing his comments on the program and thank him immensely for this donation. Another member, Robert Bob Robar from Gainesville, Florida. He has been with us since December 27th of 2010. He gave us $50. Bob worked for Eastern for 25 all the way to the end. Customer service agent in Miami, ROA, SRQ, and chief agent and GNV at the end. Then he established a travel agency five days after EAL demise and still at it today. Bob says EAL is so very missed by the airlines today. Another member, Nicholas Malucci from Providence, Rhode Island, he donated $50. Nicholas joined us as a member back in December 24, 2010, And he's 92 years young. Nicholas worked in Providence, and we are so thankful for his contribution. And uh, the last contribution uh, last week was Richard Burnett. He's one of our sponsors back in 2018. He also donated another $50. Dick lives in Atlanta and has been our member since January 22nd of 2001. Uh, 2011, I'm sorry. Dick worked for Eastern at Atlanta, Miami and YC, and he also was the 2019 Reaper Vice President, and I had the pleasure of meeting Dick and his wife at the ReaPA Convention last year. They are fine people, and I was thankful that I met them. We do so appreciate all of our members who sent in donations and previous members who are sponsors so our program can continue to bring these memories of Eastern and carry on their legacy, and we will carry it on as far as we can. We, too, hope they are listening and will join us sometime and tell us a little bit about their memory of Eastern. All of the names have been posted on our website under the home page, the Sponsors tab. And remember, too, donations of $40 or more will entitle you to receive a copy of Neil's book Wings of Men, many free with your donation, and the Eastern Model 737 aircraft with the stand that was donated to us by an anonymous investor of Eastern Airlines Group. However, we only have two of the models left, so after that, we don't have any more to offer, but we will still have Neil's book, and that we're honored to have, Free with a donation of $40 Bob Roba Sent a note and he says Hi guys I wish I could do more I'm still in the travel Industry and Easton is remembered Very fondly by the Shall we say more experienced Rank and file airline People he comes in contact With daily Leroy Hutchins he's from H- uh Mississippi Says also The wings of many book Arrive as well as the 737 model. He has read several of the articles in the book already and found them quite interesting. Given time, he says, I'm going to do some serious readings in the book. Thanks for the quick shipping. I want to remind everyone that on Thursday we have two other programs. We have one week. It's the producer, Neil, reading Memories from the Eastern Files, and the next week, it's our producer, Neil, and our host, Don Gagnon, giving us music and Eastern memories during that time period for members who were at Eastern during that time on the old-time radio program. Both of these air at 3.30 p.m.
3: And they're good, too.
5: <laughs> they are great. We love them. Um, I just want to mention also we thank our sponsor, REPA. And I want to tell a little bit about their first annual Reaper reunion. Uh, Jim Holder was going to mention it tonight, but unfortunately he's not with us, at Neil said. It will commence on September 4th of 2019. It's going to be held at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Kennesaw Town Center in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, They have registration starting at 12. Uh, Also... Uh, any application that you want to register. And don't forget, we only have another month or so to sign up before we're off and ready to go because the evening of September 4th they're having a private cocktail party, and the hotel has one every night, but they're having their own special private one and then a private buffet. And then the next morning, September 5th, they're going to have a free breakfast provided by the hotel and then, of course, the required business meeting at 11. Now, while they're doing that, the ladies have their luncheon at 11.30, and it's hosted by our First Lady, Patty Simon. And that evening, there will be another cocktail pot party, which is followed by a beautiful banquet. Now, all expenses, they have cut down, and as it's only two nights this year. And there won't be any guest speakers or musical entertainers, but there will be a lot of camaraderie there and a free breakfast that's provided by the hotel. And the reunion is $175 per person or $350 per couple. And the, the uh, king-size bed is $123 a night, so that's a great price. And the, and they're all suites, and they have a uh, little, uh, uh, like a side bed if you want to call it it's a two-room suite they're wonderful and they also have available king queen-size suites if anybody wants one just uh one more thing i'll tell you a little bit about the next programs coming up uh the next one will be flying with arthur godfrey and neil's been working on that and it sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun and then followed by famous people who have died in air disasters and causes And then we're going to have one on remembering the summer of 1969. So, folks, stay with us every single Monday at 7 p.m. We're looking forward to seeing you. Back to you, Neil.
2: Captain, be sure to tune in next Monday, August 5th. America's favorite way to fly returns. radio show remembers the old Oscar God, and his favorite airline, airline. Airlines. I might have a ukulele tune for you. With this, we sign off by signing off with the sign-off music, made popular by the Champagne Man himself, Lawrence Welk. And a one and a two and a three.
0: <laughs> and now till we meet again? Adios au revoir, I'll be today. Good night. Good night everybody.
2: Good night and friends night. from around the world Eastern. and good. Night, Eastern, Eastern, Eastern forever. You are. We love you Eastern.
1: You're right. Love Eastern you. forever. We love you, Eastern.
2: Great show tonight, guys.
1: Thanks, guys.
2: Thanks. It, was it was a good, was good show. Man. It was excellent, Neil. It, it was a tough one, but it was a good one. Thank you so much
5: for putting all yeah. that together. That was a hard
1: one. Let's put, that's put uh, Lawrence Welk's love, uh, sound level a little higher, and we'll hear the rest of that fine music by the man himself, Lawrence Welk. Good
4: night, happy hour started late
0: Good Good night
1: all,
5: thank you so much